Welcome to Motorsport Coaching, the podcast for racers with racers. Miss Motivate can help get you to the next level. Every episode, she talks to the best racers of today and those that can get you there. She'll help you get better. Racing news. At fitness, nutrition, sports psychology, sponsorship, social media, public relations, and media training. Connect with Miss Motivate at motivatetraining.com.au. That's M O T I V, the number eight, training.com.au. And now, to help get you to the next level, Miss Motivate herself, Belinda Risley. Hi, guys, and welcome to episode 16 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley. Today, I'm joined by one of my good friends, Eugene Downey. Eugene Downey is one of the co-founders of Jim Click Media that specializes in videos. Uh, I've personally worked with Eugene before and found his services to be fantastic. And today, he's going to provide us some tools and tips on taking the best videos lighting in rooms and where to post on social media and how to post so please stay tuned and i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i do welcome to the show eugene yeah no dramas at all uh, first of all belinda i just wanted to say a massive big thank you for uh, for having me on and uh having me here to uh, come and speak to your audience i do appreciate it i uh yeah i'm really thankful for it so just a little bit more about jim click media we're a digital media agency for specifically catering for the for the fitness industry. However, it doesn't stop us from venturing outside of the fitness industry. We've been around for the last three years. The, well, my co-director, TNJ and I, have, uh, have really seen the fitness industry as a uh, an area that can really do with our expertise. So uh, yeah, things have been really busy, but, uh, but it's exciting at the same time. Fantastic. And what kind of services uh, do Jim Clip Media offer? Well, Jim Click Media, predominantly bread and butter uh, or service offering of the industry, of our business for the industry, is mainly around video production. So if you're thinking about any type of content that needs to be created through a, a media or a medium of video, then that's where we will come into play. We also provide for video and audio editing services, which allows uh, our partners to do podcasts similar to this. Um, we also do digital uh, design for, uh, for for digital assets. So if somebody wants to do a Facebook post but uh, don't know how to you know, put together the creative of it, that's what we do as well. And uh, more excitingly, finally, we're in the development stages of providing an AR and a, and a, a virtual reality environment for the fitness industry as well through uh, some new, exciting and innovative platforms coming out. So we're super excited to be releasing that in November. Sounds very interesting. I can't wait to see what you're going to do there in that face of the VR. So early on, obviously three years ago, you identified there would be a big need um, for video production going forward in social media world. What was your background before that? And then how did you come into your role? Okay, so uh, well, <laughs> we're on the clock back now to uh, many moons ago. But um, I have been servicing the fitness industry for the last uh, 14 years. So my journey started uh, back in 2004 when I uh, migrated to, uh, to the UK from South Africa. So that's where I was originally born. And um, I've been working in the fitness industry where digital and print was very much, you know, that, that was the, the new norm. Like digital would be the new print. Whereas social media is now the new, like, and goes hand in hand with digital and far outweighs print at the moment. So 
Um, our journey which started you know, a long time ago. However, I uh, had a look about five years ago. I had a look and see, seeing some of these print trends drop down and then obviously with the rise of social media and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, etc. There's been uh, there's been a lot of activity. I was having a look at my at my business partner. And I said, look, there's going to be something that's uh, that's going to be happening in the fitness industry. There's a lot of people that want to use it. The demand is high, but there's very actual practitioners um, that specialize within the fitness industry and also have the execu uh, execution capabilities at the same time. So that's where three years ago we came together and go. You know what? This is you know this is our niche. This is what we're going to be doing, and uh, and that's where we're going to be helping people and. Uh, from there, we haven't, you know, looked back. We've helped, helped an uh, enormous amount of people over time. A lot of learning curves at the same time, and um, but but we're in a good place at the moment. So I'm super excited about what's coming up. Fantastic. And so through your experience over the last three years, why have you identified videos to be so important? Okay, so that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the reason, if I well, what's the benefit of, of utilising video, I guess, now over, over normal print? And, and I guess for my market being athletes as well. Um, so what are like some of the benefits of utilising video? Yeah. So in terms of video, the, you can say so much more in such a short period of time. Whereas a photo may, it may say, you know, evoke emotion. It may kind of take you to a different place if you look at a photo or a really well lit, well shot photo of something. It can send the the user that's looking at it, or the the person that's that's appreciating the artistry or the messaging or uh, just the rawness of an image. It, it will take them places on their own without, um, you know, and, and it leaves a lot up to imagination whereby i feel for businesses where video is so impactful that in a in a 30 second or one minute video or even a, in a long form video you can take the user or the person consuming the content on a journey through explaining via you know we're human we love to see moving parts we love to listen to something we love to see image changes and scenery changes, etc., because that's what captivates your, your attention. You want to look for the next big thing that's coming up in or the next twist in a little video. And I think with using video as a medium for us in the fitness industry or you know, for athletes in general, they can do their storytelling so much more and with so much more conviction if the, the, the video form is used in compar or comparison to uh, using using photography and um, and I think that's the reason why people have jumped on the bandwagon with live video streams um, and, and just it tells so much more in such a shorter period of time and I think a well thought out piece of creative where uh, where you know what the starting point is you know what journey you want to take somebody on and you know what uh, key points you want to communicate I think is so much more effective because it plays to our auditory, it plays to our uh, emotions. We should be able to find out a little bit more about the consumer by um, by putting messaging into their uh, into their video timeline and allow them to comment and engage. And I think that's really important. 
Now, Eugene, you can mention the word storytelling. So for those that don't know exactly, can you explain a little bit more what exactly is storytelling and, again, the benefits around storytelling? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess storytelling is a, is a, one, is a phrase that a person would use by documenting certain areas of their life. Now, if, if your audience are athletes, elite athletes, and they've got a story to tell when it comes to, oh, well, let's break it down. So you've got your athletes that, uh, that, that's really good at their craft, okay? Now, you have, you know, just underneath that or to the side of it, you'll have a lot of followers that look to the athlete for inspiration, for guidance, just to uh, quickly follow their performance as such and see how the individual is coming along. But also there'll be a certain sense of admirers sitting on the side of looking to this person for, um, for guidance, looking to them for leadership, looking to them for a, uh, a sense of, or with a sense of admiration, saying you're doing this really you know, big and bold thing like uh, racing or running a marathon or you know, driving a, a lap, well, like a 200 lap uh, race, etc. How do you do that? So when your consumers or viewers are looking at you and they ask them the question, how do you do that? That is an opportunity for your athlete to be, jump in the driving seat, pardon the pun, and, um, <laughs> Very and good um, actually tell those, uh, those individuals, this is what I do on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, doing what I love. This is my morning routine. This is the prep work that goes into my meal preparation. This is the, you know, the, the way that I engage with um, brands or, you know, sponsors of my craft. This is the way that I engage in social media. This is, you know, there's so much different um, facets of the athlete's profile that you, if you break it down, so much, so much stories to be told. And storytelling, in inverted commas, would purely be the athlete sharing life experiences with their audience. And I think if, if that's done really well, then the credibility of the athlete goes up, the likability goes up as well, but then the trust factor for that individual and how well they actually convey their storytelling, brands will then look to them as, you know what, you're, you're really ticking the authority box in your you know, certain area of expertise, you're investable. So therefore, we're going to unlock all these dollars um, to be able to, uh, to, to, to help you amplify our brand as much as your own. And I think if, if an athlete does storytelling really well, it sets them apart from somebody that doesn't do it at all. So I think it's a really, really uh, strong reason to be doing storytelling on social media uh, well and often and also to get guidance and coaching into it if you don't know how to do it yeah and that leads me on to the next one about do you have any advice about overcoming fear about getting in front of the camera like i know a lot of the athletes and the drivers that i work with they're like i like to drive a car um and i don't like to be in front of the video mm -hmm. neither do i um so um, what are some ideas or some um, tips that you can give us for those that want to be able to tell the story, that really do want to do video, but just just need to start somewhere? Is it okay to have quicker images or, you know, should we just do voice behind in front of the videos or, yeah, what, what ideas have we got that we can do? 
I've got like I'm sitting here and I'm thinking if your if your athlete class is uh, drivers that do rally car driving or supercar driving or any type of driving as such, I've immediately as an interested viewer, I want to know what it feels like to sit on a bike or to sit in the car, going around those corners, whether it be on tarmac or whether it be in on a dirt track. I want to see what that onboard real life experience looks like. So. What I would suggest, grab out a phone, before you jump in the car, before you jump on a bike, etc. film 30, 45 seconds of saying, hi, I'm Eugene, I'm gonna be doing you know, this, uh, this track, I haven't done the track before, so this is gonna be a practice run. Um, I'm expecting to do it in X amount of time. Um, there's a couple of tricky corners here, but I need to, uh, I need to navigate it in a way that, uh, that they will get me through it. But more so, I want you guys to, to jump on board and see what I'm experiencing. So that's, that, that's a 30, 45 second clip that you can literally film on your iPhone. Then what I would suggest you do then is get a couple of GoPros mounted to your car, mounted to... Uh, to I have them here. <laughs> yeah, and a couple of uh, mounted to the driver's seat, if you, uh, sorry, or the passenger seat if you've got a passenger seat, or to, similar to a dash cam, dash cam setup, whereby the the viewer now can actually firsthand see what, it's, what it looks like to actually sit in the race car, et cetera. And then at the end of that, um, once you've captured that footage, then come back with the 30 or 45 second close to say, wow, guys, did you see what I saw? Um, but when I got through turn two, I saw, you know, I felt this, that, and the other, but um, I lost it on this turn. This is what I should have done, what I could have done this, you know, or where I did do this. It's a real, real easy way to, uh, to, to kind of engage the, uh, the attention of your, uh, your viewers. What I would suggest then, once you've got that content, download it onto a, a disk um, or like a, a memory card and upload it to a company or like companies like Upwork or Fiverr or any of those companies that, um, that has got editors, like video editors or audio editors. Um, that can actually cut it up for you, put a little bit of branding graphics behind it, um, put your own logo on it if you're really well established and you've got your own personal branding with a cup, um, with an exit slide saying, uh, follow me here, this is my social media channels, and away you go. Generally, what I've saying, the cost to get editing done now or nowadays, compared to what it was three or four or five years ago, it's, it's so competitive and there's technology nowadays that people can you know, do it themselves. Um, if, they uh, if they're not uh, scared of, it, uh, of technology or if they have got limited resources, then don't go to a you know, full-scale production house in order to get the videos edited. However, if you want quality and if you want to make it really stand out, you can really do it on a, on a shoestring budget right now. So if, you've, if you're catering with uh, or for Athletes that start off, um, just started off on the game and you know, don't want to spend all of those dollars if they don't know what their messaging is going to be, practice, role play before you, uh, before you jump on a live stream video and, uh, and record that session, see what works, see how you actually look on camera. Um, and I know like from this one, I've got a cold sore over here so I didn't want to come and do this video. However, it's normal. That's right. So it's just going to be a case of practice, 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 and then just have a think about what it could possibly look like in three or four or five weeks' time once you've got all that practicing underneath your belt.
And that's what we are aiming for, continuous improvement. Mm-hmm. And we talk about being authentic in order to build our brand. Do you think it's important to script or just to work? <laughs> Look, I think there's two, uh, two things. When you send through a question here, I mean, I've got two theses. Like if you, with the rise of um, social media and the storyline function, raw, unedited videos is the norm. Okay, people documenting their journey. So um, for that, I would dare say, if you've got a script for that, then um, you really want to get a message out. But if you're that keen to get a message out and you're that well prepared and that well versed, I would suggest that you go down the production line um, of the, or the premium side of things. Because if you're trying to sell something, I would say scripted. If you're trying to be social, people are going to see through your scripting. So I think a well thought out plan, if you, if, or a rule of thumb for you is, if you're trying to sell something, be scripted, be, be, uh, be prepared for what you're trying to convey so that there's no blurred lines. Whereby if it's, um, if it's social interaction, I would suggest be authentic, be yourself, be real, and don't put on uh, whatever you do. Don't try and be somebody that you're not because once the initial enthusiasm of doing a live video, etc., if you if you from the get go uh, started out being somebody else, and now you're trying to revert back to the normal natural you, I think people would get caught out pretty quickly, and your followers and viewers will sense that step change in your uh, in your you know delivery. And I think that's really important thing: be authentic, stick to it. Have a think about what you want to say. Have a think of the structure but also then stay true to who you are. And I think that will get you um, off to a good start. Mm-hmm. So we've covered off on what content we should produce, yeah. um, but what's the best way about producing it? Should it just be simply from our iPhones or Samsung or do we need any special equipment? Yeah, Belinda, great question. I think there's, um, again, two, two parts to this. Um, if you're preparing to shoot for a full-scale production, you're going to require... Um, you know, big, bigger cameras, bigger memory for the for the length of the shoot. Um, some professional equipment, which um, you can pick up at your local camera stores, etc. However, if you're going down the self-shot route, I think a camera, camera phone, you know, the latest, the, or from iPhone 8 upwards and Samsung 8 upwards, that you know, the, the quality of the the videos are amazing. You can you know film up to 4K resolution on a normal. Um, on a normal iPhone or a, a Samsung or a Samsung phone. So I guess you can still get really high quality depending on whichever way you decide to go. If you decide to go down the social route, you only need really um, an iPhone, a little uh, a little tripod like this where you can literally just, um, you know, do your own self-shot videos. You know, if, if you can see the video at the moment, there, there'll be some examples for you. However, if you're going down the, the route of professional production, I would suggest something like a really good lens, which is generally where most of your image quality is being captured, a wide lens, um, a decent camera body, holding up your Canon uh, camera body at the moment, something with autofocus. Uh, auto if, you, if it's the very first time that you're filming or shooting, I would suggest and recommend something with the auto-focus uh, function if you're going down the professional uh, professional route. However, if you're going uh, on the self-shot iPhone um, route, 
there's, you know, digital or image stabilizers and autofocus functions on your iPhone and your which make it really simple and really easy for anybody to create content. In terms of audio, I would um, suggest that it does not matter if you do professional video production um, with high quality cameras, etc., or if you do self-shot cameras, but I would strongly recommend that your audio file is the best that you can potentially um, have. So I don't know if, um, for, for, the, for the viewers watching on video at the moment, I don't know if you can actually uh, see, but I've actually taken down a clock in the room because the battery um, at the back, I've taken the clock out. The reason for that is hearing uh, a niggly sound in the background in audio can distract your, your viewers. Your audio um, has to be 110%. And I think um, investing some money into a really good audio engineer where they can literally take out the clicks in your video or the humming sound of the air conditioning unit or the clicking sound of the, of the, uh, uh, the clock on the wall, I think all of that plays a really big part in, uh, in preparing yourself for the production. Mm -hmm. Some great tips there. Thanks for that. Now, Eugene, should there be, is there any, um, I guess, formats for the videos that we should abide by? Like, does Facebook say they need to be 15 seconds, Instagram 30? Um, how do we know how long we should develop the content for? Yeah, it's, that's a pretty loaded question, but great question at the same time. It was actually recently, um, we, we've uh, had a look at global video stat, uh, statistics, and the most created videos um, on the planet at the moment is actually sub 30 seconds. And I think the, um, the storytelling um, on Facebook and YouTube, uh, sorry, Facebook and Instagram, etc., and Snapchat, that short form video is skewing the numbers completely. However, the demand for it has gone through the roof. It's, it's interesting to note though, in a 90 second video clip, and, and I'm, I'm talking about professionally shot, at the 27 second mark, there is a 30% drop in people actually, you know, viewing, still viewing your video. So I would strongly recommend that if you're doing a short form video, you can portray so much information in the space of a minute. And if your audience has not either dropped off or clicked on, your content is really good. However, strategically make sure that in the beginning of the video, you ask them to think of something or evoke emotion. If you've got within the first 10 seconds of your video an emotional hook, the, the likelihood of that viewer staying on to the 45 second mark of your video is so much higher, increase it exponentially. But if you do not have a well thought out plan in the creation of your little video, at the 27 second mark, you will see a 30% drop in your video. So short form videos would be, um, would be perfect unless you're trying to explain some how-to videos or trying to coach people into understanding a little bit more about a certain topics. So if you're a race car athlete, etc., and if you want to talk about your race day preparation, one minute is simply not going to cut it in order to get all of your content out there. So I would suggest that maybe either a series of one minute videos or one video um, spaced out for three minutes, but also prep the audience prior to um, on, on, prior to actually viewing the content, prep them into, number one, 
that there is a three minutes video up and coming. So if they read your post on social media that then says the video length is three minutes long, so they can either then choose to save the video or view it immediately. Mm -hmm. If they choose to save it, they can scroll through their newsfeed and come back to it at a later stage when they're not as busy scrolling or busy with other things and they can save it and archive it and come back to it. However, make sure that you raise that expectation with somebody because that's also one of the key elements that actually increases viewership is if you raise that expectation with an individual that the video is going to be one minute, 20 seconds, or it's going to be three minutes, 49, etc. Great, I think tips there. Thanks again. So we're seeing more and more video now with captions on the bottom. What's the benefits of having those captions for those that are new to video? <laughs> Yeah, look, I think there's, uh, there's the, immediately I can think of about three or four usage for it. But the main reason is if people are sitting commuting or if they're sitting at work or if they're sitting in, a, in an environment where they have to wait but they can't have their audio on, I think it's really good for, to, um, to, to have those subtitles there. Um, because if you don't have the capacity to be switching on your audio and listening, you know, through uh, through audio, then um, th then the captions are certainly uh, certainly good. What people also do find and uh, tend to find is in videos they will follow the viewer with their eyes, but then also sometimes check out looking for something else to focus on. What that sub what that subtitles or caption does is it allows the viewer to still be engaged into the content that, uh, that you're trying to create and also just packs a punch and backs up what the individual is saying. So if you did put some captions underneath here, I would um, recommend to, uh, to have it in big, bold, to literally cover uh, not the face, but also just down here. They should be slowly but keeping up with the cadence of the conversation so that it's not lagging, but it's also not too fast, so it needs to be strategically placed. Bottom third, not not at the top, not to the sides, it needs to be bottom third, and uh, it needs to be keeping up with the cadence of the conversation. And is that a task that you would outsource again to Fiverr or Upwork? And yeah, you can do it with Fiverr and, up, um, and Upwork, but... Or is there a site or an app that you can download and do it yourself? Yeah. Yeah, so my favorite one is a company called Rev, R-E-V.com. So you can upload your raw video file to this, uh, this particular site. I believe you're paying, uh, or we've always paid in US dollars, but it's dirt cheap and also they send you an SIT file which you can then upload with your videos onto your, your website or your landing page, etc. And, um, and that allows, that SRT file allows the videos to, uh, to have subtitles when, uh, when posted online. I think it's a dollar a minute, isn't it? I think yeah, it's well, that. that's right. That's yeah. right. It's a dollar a minute, but it's US. So um, yeah. you've got to make sure you do it <laughs> on that. And, um, but, but so easy. Imagine if you're doing three or four or five little videos in a day, flick it off to a company called uh, Rev. They do the transcription services for you, either in a blog form or you can add the subtitles. So what we generally tend to do with our clients is we submit the video file, ask them to do the subtitles underneath, but then also have alongside that running a transcription service. So what's everything that's been spoken to uh, during the video um, then also gets put into a blog form so that we can back it up by we're putting out some social media content with a video 
We've got the audio file there, should they decide then to release a podcast version or an audio version of it. And then thirdly is the transcription service, if they decide to put out a blog and an email newsletter just by copying a link, etc. So the versatility of video is it's so, it's so impressive. And um, that's just one more reason why people use video nowadays, because you can get a lot more done. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that we haven't spoken about is lighting. How important is lighting? Right. So, <laughs> I know there's a whole can of <laughs> there, but looking at your beautiful lighting behind you, I was just thinking. That is absolutely correct. Look, as you can, um, can see, I have got lighting on my face at the moment. So if you're looking at the video, you can see this. So there's two, and I specifically came to sit down here so you can see there's a light part of my face on the side and there's a darker shade of my face on the side, okay? So if you look at me um, on the video now, my left-hand side of my face is lit up, you know, a little bit harder than what we would call harder than the right side of the face. And if you have a look at yourself, Linda, as well, your left-hand side of your face is lit up now. The right hand is a little bit darker um, as well. So I think lighting plays an absolutely a key part into any form of production. I would suggest that if you're doing self-shots, have the sun face you. So don't stand with your back to the sun because what that is going to do, the sun's going to cast a shadow over your self-shot photography. If you want to accentuate one side of the face or both sides, if you do it both sides at the same time, what's going to happen is you're going to flush the individual out, especially if you're filming on a backdrop that is white. You are literally going to wash the face out of the individual, which makes the individual look flat on a, um, on a video. So it's really important to, first of all, the way that I do it, if this was a professional setting, I would have a backlight or a hairline you know, light coming in, I would have the one side of the face a little bit more predominantly lit up, similar to the way that ours are at this given point in time, and then one side a little bit darker for uh, for just an abstract um, feeling. So it'll, but, but it always has to accentuate the eyes and the mouth, especially if you're doing video form, because what that will do is it will keep the viewer engaged, plus also it shows openness, it shows that you know what you're doing. Plus also, if a, um, if a video production company is coming in, they will pay special attention to lighting. And I think that's one of the things that sometimes clients don't get it, um, how important that is. But then you'll soon, if, if special attention wasn't paid at the point of filming, the client would notice that immediately, which basically means that if it hasn't done it um, in the very beginning, it needs to be reshot, which is more time, more cost, etc. So if ever you're out there engaging a, a, a digital production company or video production company, and they they pay special attention to the lighting of uh, of the set or the environment, this is the reason why, because they don't want to come and do it all over again, costing <laughs> the client or the production company more hours and more time. Oh, fully understand that. <laughs> few reshoots myself while late. <laughs> um, Eugene, thank you very much for joining us today and for all your recommendations and tips. I really appreciate your time. Um, where can people learn more about you and Jim Click Media? First of all, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's, uh, it's been wonderful spending the time with you, Linda. I really appreciate it. For, uh, for, for your viewers, if uh, or, uh, 
um, people listening to the podcast. If there's anything that I can do to help or anything like that, please feel free to visit um, our website, which is uh, www.gymclickmedia.com.au. There's some sections on there um, which we've helped clients. They've put some testimonials up on there. So you can literally hear it from, from our clients what, uh, what they say about us. But there's also, um, we spoke beforehand about the structure of, of videos and how to shoot, film them, how to shoot them, etc. There's actually, on, on our website, there's a, a link to, um, or a contact us form, which has actually um, got a PDF file um, what we call the SEPA framework is something that I've personally developed, but I've structured the content into such a way where it's broken down to, into four key stages. Uh, SEPA uh, is, is the acronym for uh, content uh, creation. So you literally start with the concept or conceptualization stage of the, of the, uh, the project. Exploration, where you're actually going to have a look at it, what's actually out in the market. The preparation stage, stage where you where you talk cameras, when you talk, you know, audio audio function, when you talk lighting, when you talk environment, and then the final one is the action stage, and this is where the whole project comes together, and that's a free resource for your uh, for your viewers available on the on the website, or they can contact me um, via you. I'd uh, I'd really help to to add or really like to add some value to your uh, to your audience. Oh, thank you so much, Eugene. Well, all those links will be in the show notes anyway. And we'll put the link through maybe for your LinkedIn account. Um, so if people want to connect you directly, they can see through LinkedIn. Thank you again. And um, we'll get you on, I reckon, in a couple more months to see what's happening in that VR world. Awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks, Eugene. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate it if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at MotivateT. Until next time, take care. Get ready for the race. Do you feel one step closer to being the next superstar behind the wheel? Motivatetraining.com.au for more. M-O-T-I-V, the number eight, training.com.au. The green flag. Every episode gets you one step closer to the checkered flag. The Motorsport Coaching Podcast, getting you to the checkered flag faster.